Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness with me, your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil. I'm just sitting here in the lair of eternal damnation, realizing that I have been locked down and sheltered in place for 60 whole days. Thank the dark forces, it's only felt like two months. <laughs> anyway, I want to give a shout out to all the new listeners from all around the world, including new ones from Australia, Japan, and Saudi Arabia. Speaking of new listeners, I am still accepting name ideas for all of you out there in podcast land. You can direct message me at EvilQueenSF or Reflections of Darkness, both on Instagram. And I also have a new Twitter account. You just go to at capital R-O-D underscore podcast. And all of those will be in the show notes. On to our next segment. One of our only segments. <laughs> For now. Quick reflections. Yay. Tonight we have five quick reflections. And I will again be doing them in chronological order. <laughs> the first quick reflection is 1959's horror cult classic written and directed by Ed Wood. That's right, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Now, if you have never seen this, shame on you. Not only is it a cuckoo bananas zombie alien extravaganza, it's Bela Lugosi's last movie, and it also has the amazing, gorgeous vampire in it. This is a must-see for any horror fan. So go out now and watch it. Well, after you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Quick reflection number two is 1960s Little Shop of Horrors, directed by Roger Corman. This is definitely not the doo-wop musical version, but it is super cute and funny. And so worth a watch. At just over an hour, it's... It's, it's hilarious and cute. It's black and white. I think you can get it in color in some places, but it's definitely worth a watch. Also, watch out for a very young Jack Nicholson to make a cameo in this movie. So cute. Quick reflection number three. One of my most favorite horror movies from 1986, Night of the Creeps. This movie is amazing. It has a 1950 setup an alien slug brain parasite, an axe-wielding insane asylum escapee, flamethrowers, and tons of frat bro zombies. It's 80s camp at its best, a definite must-see, and it is in my coveted I Own It collection now, because I just got the director's cut, and it was worth it. Quick reflection number four. Oh, 1987's Return to Horror High. Now this one, I'm not sure if I liked it a lot or hated it. The story is a bit all over the place and some of the acting is awful. I'm looking at you, Marsha. But it does have a young George Clooney for a minute. So there's that. <laughs> I'd say good to watch if there's nothing else. Now, last but not least, quick reflection number five is 2018's The Night Sitter. Now, newer horror that you find on Prime or other streaming services are usually a miss, but this was definitely a hit. Cool lighting, music, pretty good acting, and the story is great, especially if you like witches. Spoiler! It's available on Prime, 
Uh, so give it a watch after you listen to the podcast, that is. <laughs> well, that was it for Quick Reflections. Now on to tonight's main feature. This episode, I am joined by my special guest, Mr. Brian, from LA-ish, over Zoom, on his phone, in a closet. <laughs> so the sound's a little meh, but the movie is everything! Tonight, we are talking about 1987's Blood Rage. And as you will hear, I could not get enough of this movie. Enjoy. Tonight's movie is Blood Rage from 1987. And tonight, I am joined by Mr. Brian, all the way out in L.A. Where do you live? Yeah, hey, evil, hey, girl. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, yeah, you know, good. Um, L.A. Yeah, adjacent. LA, L.A. adjacent. Let's go with that. L.A. adjacent. Okay, Orange County. You know, L.A. adjacent. I like it. There it is. Okay. How are you dealing with quarantine? How is that going? My gosh. Um, I, guess, I guess as good as it could be, honestly. Um, it could be significantly worse. Still working. Hustling. Um, you know, still got that on the table. Paying the bills. So it's been pretty decent, all things considered. Just um, kind of bored, honestly. That's why I was so excited to be on the podcast. I'm like, oh my god, yay. Yay, okay. So yeah, like I said, tonight we're doing Blood Rage from 1987. Now, I had never seen this movie before, but let me tell you, as soon as this movie ended, I went on Amazon and bought the Blu-ray two-disc special for $20. Y'all should go get it, because I don't know if there's that many left. Ooh, okay. I did not know that there was such a hot deal on it. Girl, I need a, I need a jump on that. You do. This was the first time I watched it, too. And it was amazing, um, not to spoil anything yet, but we'll get into it. Oh, my God. I don't know how I had never seen this movie before. What, right? What is oh that? My... Is that the... Oh, God. <laughs> Hold, please. The fuck is that? <laughs> okay, that's over. <laughs> and that's the, that's Just the end of the podcast. <laughs> I hear ringing. I'm tasting pennies. What's happening? Oh. Okay, get your coin, Mama. Get your coin. Right, okay, so... The movie, it's, it's one of those uh, false starts where they start back in time. And it flashes on the screen. It says 1974. And they're at a drive-in that's showing The House That Cried Murder, which sounds like a great movie, too. So they go to this drive-in, and this drive-in yeah. is everything. Uh, the music starts off is great. The, a title card pops up, and it says Slasher. And fun fact, this oh movie... God, can I just say yes that when that i'm sorry when that move when that music played it just made me want to take my top off honey <laughs> it was giving me life it was i knew it was gonna be a great movie right in there the soundtrack started off so good with the shot of the guy in the the hot guy in the purple muscle tee and then they had the uh title flash up and it was slasher which fun fact this movie had three titles it had slasher blood rage and Nightmare at Shadow Woods. And depending on what title you saw, you had a different movie, basically. Because Nightmare at, Slash, at Shadow Woods was highly edited. So there was, like, no gore, no violence. It was, like, a made-for-TV movie at that point. Slasher was full-on everything. And then Blood Rage was what they renamed it and just kept the slasher in there. So again, this movie has all kinds of weird 
quirks and things. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's we're starting off in 1974. We're at this drive-in, and it's in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida, of course. And we see the hot guys. We see all these women. Everybody in that drive-in is trying to get, you know, laid. My favorite part was in the bathroom. They didn't have a uh, condom vending machine. They had a condom guy who would just open up his jacket and had all these different kind of condoms. And he's just oh like, God. the guy's like, I like Trojans. And he's like, yep, here, just here's some. It's so funny. I like Trojans. Did you notice how they were a dollar? I was like, oh my God. Damn, that must have been a heck of a time. Well, it was the 70s, and they were pinned to the guy's coat, so I wouldn't trust them too much. Oh my God, I noticed that too. I was going to say, it had a little baby security pan in the jacket. I'm like, I don't know if you want to be using those, but hey, they're a dollar. Right. So they're worth a try. They are worth a dollar. I mean, it's worth better, it's better than nothing. So yeah, like I said, everyone at the drive-in oh. is fucking and doing drugs and... Except for the people in the hippie van, the one girl's like, "No, don't touch me! I'm watching this movie," and nobody else is. Some people oh aren't God, even. That was so funny. I know some people weren't even in the car; they were just on the hood or something, like making out. They weren't even looking at the screen. I miss drive-ins. Yeah. Did you ever go to a drive-in? Oh. I actually did, but I was so small. I must have been like three or four. <laughs> So I have vague recollections of what one was, just a big screen up there. Yeah, some of um, us are older and remember them better. <laughs> you know, I have a, a vague recollection of one, but honestly, the fact that it started off, like you're saying, the way that it did, it kind of threw me for a loop because I did see that in 1974 and the whole slasher title card. I thought I was tripping. I know, I, I like, checked to make sure I was that? watching the right movie. Yeah, um... But yeah, I know the whole um, setup is really clever because it's just an excuse for people to fuck. Totes and, fuck. Um, totally sets up that first scene. So, yes. um, yeah, so then, I thought it was a great start. Yeah, then we zoom in and we're in one car and it's with this old woman who is dressed and kind of made up to look like she's younger, but it is not working. I wrote down, okay, what is this grandma with two kids doing with this hot guy in this car? <laughs> What's this grandma doing? Okay, can, I, can I stop you right there? Because <laughs> let me say this. You and I are on the same page so far. My, my very first thought was, who is she trying to fool? Who are they fooling? Oh, and the other thing, too. Her, her raspy ass smoker's voice. Oh, yes. Just to the well, this is an old woman trying to play a younger lady. Mm-hmm. It was very funny. Exactly, but... But I will say this now, just as a, a you know precursor to everything that happened, Maddie, who is you know that main character, that uh, older woman playing the younger role, yes. she ended up being my favorite character. So I will just say that. Oh, now. I know. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers yet. So she's in the yeah. front seat with this guy, and he's like, "Come on, let's make out," because I really have a grandma fetish. And she's like, "No, I can't. My two kids are in the back of this station wagon." Ew. One, why do you bring your two kids to, like, a movie where you know you're going to be trying to get some dick? And they're just sitting back there. So they start making out, and the kids wake up, and they're like, oh, fuck, there she goes again. And they sneak out of the car, which I used to have a station wagon. Opening that back gate is never fucking quiet. There's no way they could have snuck out of that shit. 
So they sneak out. The two are making out hot and heavy. And so these two boys just walk around this drive-in area. And one of them goes to the back of this truck that has a bunch of lumber and shit in it and finds a hatchet. Those little hand axes. And then they go over. And the one, the boy is just pervy. He's sitting there watching as the cute guy from the beginning is like fucking this girl in the back seat. And he was so hot. He was so hot. But you know what? I looked him up. He did not age well at all. Oh. I know. Hardcore. Anyway. um, So he's watching. All of a sudden the guy's like, what are you doing? Get out of here, perv. And so then the kid's just like, I'm going to kill you with this axe. So he starts hatcheting him in the face over and over and over. And then he, he never, the girl jumps out naked and runs away with her like pear ass, just running across the movie theater field. And so her toes, yes. So all this is happening. So people are starting to gather and his twin brother, I should have mentioned there were twins in there. His twin brother has watched him do this whole thing, kill that guy. And all he does is he hands in the axe, rubs blood on his brother's face and hands, and then just blames him for doing it. And so everybody yeah. comes, he's like, oh no, he did it. I didn't do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that is the weirdest. Because then the kid's just completely just standing there and like, if it was me, I'd have been like, fuck you, I didn't do this. You did this, clearly. You just like, wiped this shit on me. Yeah, he completely shut down. Like, yeah. He was like, what are you, you're just going to be catatonic? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. He went, he went completely catatonic. Okay, then we fast forward 10 years to 1984. Now, here's another fun fact. This movie was actually filmed in 1983, but didn't get released until 1987. So the whole 10 years forward to 1984 would have been correct for the actual release date. But they held on to it because it was just too gory or whatever. So yeah, fun fact number two. <laughs> so, I love it. ten years go by, and we find out that it is now Thanksgiving Day. Which I, when I found this out, I was like, oh shit, I could have shaved, saved this for a Thanksgiving show. But no, right? because it's too good and I have to get it out there now. Immediately, because yeah. it is so good. Alright, so then, <laughs> this is great. They go into the, I guess, therapist's office, and they do this whole weird voiceover thing. Where you see the uh, so the interaction between the mom and the therapist, and they're talking, but then the therapist is talking over it like it's her personal journal, and it's like right. I was trying to convince the mother that her son was, uh-huh. you know, not the son that did the murdering, that it was actually the other one, and the the mother would not accept it. She was crazy. No, no, couldn't she be. Is crazy. Yes. So the two boys are Todd and Terry. Terry is the one who actually killed those people, but Todd is the one that got blamed for it and was in the institution for 10 years. And so, yeah, now Terry is starting to remember and he's coming out of his catatonic state. 10 years it took him to get out of that catatonic state just from his brother hatching someone else. I'm like, bitch, you have a weak mind. You need to speak up, honey. You need to say the truth because it's going to save you a lot of heartache in the long run. Okay? Right? You need to speak the fuck up. Ten years. Ugh. But the voiceover thing was an interesting touch. I haven't seen that too much in movies. Um, my favorite ah, part. I agree. It, it, it honestly kind of like shifts 
shifted the the whole you know the whole tone of it kind of shifted and i thought they were gonna kind of maybe do it throughout the movie at certain points but the fact that it was like a standalone thing made it resonate more because i remember that scene more and it was kind of like a setup yeah. for just the rest of it the rest of the fun my favorite part though is in the therapist's office the mom brings her son a piece of pie. Oh my god, the pie. A piece of pie that she does every year apparently and he opens it and he's so mad that he's like crushing of her pie and then he throws it on the wall and all I wrote was fuck your pie and your wall. Oh my god, I wrote the same thing. I put fuck your pie. Fuck your pumpkin pie. Nobody wants that. That was so funny. It was such a good part. Oh. So he's still obviously not well, but he, I mean, he's been in asylum for 10 years, so fuck your pie. Mm, exactly. Right. Then it cuts to Terry and what he's up to now. And he's playing football with his hot guy friends and these girls. And they're all in those late 70s, early 80s short shorts, which I miss and I wish they would bring them back. Oh, I wrote that as a note myself. I, mean, I was like, oh, short, 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 tight, short. Honey. Right, oh, and feathered fun. hair. I do love a man with feathered hair. People know yeah. I love a man with feathered hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> People know this. It's public knowledge. <laughs> so, yes, this is their Thanksgiving touch football game bullshit, blah, 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 straight people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it cuts to the Thanksgiving dinner with the mom her fiance which they just announced at thanksgiving dinner and that's i think what makes terry snap and go crazy uh Uh his girlfriend some other woman named andrea who's a complete whore and then oh my god yeah and then i can't remember the other person it's fine he didn't do anything for this movie um (laughs) and what i wrote was Okay, Thanksgiving dinner where the mom is getting married at her age? I was like, you get it, girl. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so most awkward Thanksgiving dinner ever. (laughs) Why was (laughs) And that smoker's voice just keeps on getting me. Keeps on getting. But my favorite not my favorite part, my thing that I noticed about the table was Terry is only drinking milk and everyone else is drinking white oh wine God. and he has this huge glass of white as right. milk. I was like, um, okay. So the mother goes in to answer the phone and they find out that Todd, the crazy brother at the asylum, quote unquote, has escaped. And so <sighs> she, she calls Terry in to tell him that Todd is on the loose just so you know. And he's like, oh, okay. How convenient since I just snapped and my brain is broken again because you're getting engaged and I can't believe you're with another man and not me. I know this whole thing, Terry wanted to fuck his mother or was fucking his mother or something. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Right. So then they go back to the table and the mom's like trying to act normal. Like, oh, here's the bread. And uh, Terry's like, oh yeah, guess what? My crazy brother just escaped from the asylum. And the mother's just like completely like deer in headlights. She's like, I just fucking told you not to say anything. (laughs) Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. It was crazy. Oh, great. Oh, so I I actually wrote a note that this movie and especially any scene with the mom 
seems more like a 70s movie, just like the color and the tone and everything. And I think it was just her age, aging the film or something. I wrote that Terry... Oh, what? Go ahead. Wait, I have a fun fact, actually, Ooh. if I can interrupt. Yes. So, speaking <laughs> of the mom again, so Maddie, yes. um, you know, she ended up being my favorite character and the alluring voice, like I keep saying, and the fact <laughs> that she was playing such an odd role yeah. just really enticed me to look into the actress a little bit more. So I did a little bit of research at the time, oh and I could have sworn I had seen her in either something else or her voice in something else. I don't know. Um, but when I did research her, the, the most interesting thing I could find was that she had been arrested at a boutique for <laughs> possessing a $6 worth amount of cocaine. $6? <laughs> yes. When she refused to leave because her Amex got declined for buying a dollhouse. <laughs> That was the most interesting thing I could find. That's weird. I mean, she had been in a bunch of other stuff. Um, just random things, nothing, you know, of major note. But yeah, the mother in this is, I mean, we'll get more to her later, but. Okay, so then we're cut to, what did we cut to? Dinner is over. And then it cuts to the scene where Terry is just doing his hair in the mirror and spritzing with that old style hairspray that spritz spits. Remember that? And he's just sitting there doing his hair. And then somebody comes to the door and we're all thinking, oh, it's going to be Terry. No, it's this guy. And he's got a gun and he's right by the side. And so Terry answers it. And the guy like pushes him against the wall and puts the gun in his face. And he's like, what the fuck? And it's the doctor and her goon carrying a gun. And the goon's name is Jackie. But the goon is actually pretty hot, but dumb as a box of bricks. But, uh -huh. so they're like, oh, we thought you were the, you know, escaped one. She's like, well, clearly it's not. His hair is feathered. <laughs> <laughs> right, pretty much. The other one has matted, wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we need to go find him. Do you think he's going to be here? And they're like, I don't know. So the doctor and the goon, Jackie... He's like, well, let's split up. You go over here, and the doctor's like, I'll go out into the woods by myself to look for this escaped mental patient. Jackie, you're going to go down there, and you're going to search all the patios. And I'm going to go out into the woods. But Dr. B, maybe I ought to go with you, you know, in case there's a problem. Jackie, I can take care of myself. Give me the gun and just go. Now. Classic horror movie don't. Don't I split up. Part. Don't go into the woods by yourself. <sighs> I was a great idea, doctor. Yes. So Brad, the fiance, is also the like landlord of this uh, complex. Oh. I don't know what it was, like some sort of housing condo complex, but he was the like manager of it. So he's like, I'm gonna go back to my apartment, and so he does. Then you get this shot of him at his desk with this big chair and he's on the phone or whatever he's doing. He's drinking a beer and behind him are these big plate glass windows of the patio. I'm like, who puts a desk not facing out of the patio so you could see the whole backyard? Who's facing into their room? I'm like, Some one. deranged coon. <laughs> whatever. Because one, it's dumb. Two, it lets somebody sneak up behind you 
like Terry does, because now, you know, Terry has snapped. Spoilers, Terry is the killer. We knew this from the beginning. Uh, so the guy swivels around in his big chair, and he's got his hand, he's got a beer in his hand, and he's like, oh, hey, look what the cat dragged in, and Terry just slices off his hand that has the beer in it, and he goes flying. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, and then there's blood shooting out, and then all of a sudden they look at the hand on the carpet, and it's like squeezing the beer can, and it drops it. Oh, it was, I, love that I laughed so hard at that point. It was great. This movie has so many laugh out loud points. That's why I immediately went and bought this. It is so exactly. funny. I don't know why this was not more popular. So I don't know. Brad is dead. Then we get cut to a scene of Jackie walking around calling for Todd. Todd, where you at, Todd? Come out, Todd. Come on, I'll give you what you want, Todd. I think Todd and Jackie used to fuck around at the mental institute. I don't know. I just had that feeling. There was something oh, about okay. that. And then he, because he goes, I'll give you what you like. And then he's like, I got some drugs. I got some drugs. So you know he's been trading drugs for sex. Period. Oh, that, that's a good point. I didn't catch that. But you know what? That makes too much sense not to be mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. So then another mm-hmm. horror movie trope. Jackie sits down and lights up a joint. Uh-uh. You don't do drugs in horror movies. Why? Because you're going to get killed. And as it happens... Okay, yep, what's his face? Terry walks up with a giant machete and just runs him through. Jackie mm-hmm. was cute and dumb, but now Jackie is dead. And the doctor <laughs> the doctor is still out in the woods. <laughs> okay, this next part this next part I cannot believe this was in a movie. Cut to the mother sitting on the kitchen floor in front of the oh open God, refrigerator. <laughs> my favorite pastime hence why i love miss maddie honey (laughs) she's just sitting on the floor in front of an open refrigerator eating thanksgiving leftovers right out of the fridge (laughs) why wouldn't you why wouldn't you you? more power to you miss maddie (laughs) oh my gosh oh that was so Uh... funny i (laughs) Again, this movie I, I has... I had to rewatch it because it was so spontaneous and just apropos all at once. I had to replay it and really get that satisfaction out of watching her eat. I know, it was so funny. So then we cut back to the woods and we see the doctor. And all of a sudden we see the doctor seeing Terry. I don't know if she thought that it was Todd or if she knew that it was Terry. But clearly he was coming at her with a machete and what does she do she just stands there and screams she doesn't move she just stands there and screams and screams and that's it and then it cuts and i don't remember what it cuts to but then it cuts back and it's (laughs) half of the doctor screaming trying to sit up because she's been cut in half and her legs are over here and she's still sitting there screaming and i'm like "Mm, i don't think that's how that would work Yes. So then Terry's like, oh no, I gotta go home and, you know, shower because he's covered in blood and gore. So they show him at home in the bathroom looking at his shirt and he goes, that's not cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce. 
in the blood. Okay, is, and y'all better remember that because they that only say it ten more times. <laughs> So yeah, so we get a scene where we get to see him at least shower from the waist up. Lame. Uh, getting all the blood off him and, you know, he has to redo his hair and everything. We get another shot of the mom trying to dial the phone while she's pouring a drink at the same time of wine. This woman drinking oh, in this movie. Yes. Terry is all uh, cleaned up. New shirt. Fixed his hair. Renew feathered. He goes over to one of the other apartments in this complex to hang out with Andrea while she's babysitting. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out that uh, Terry is a complete square. He doesn't drink. Uh, she tries to get him, you know, aroused. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, trying to have some fun. And he's like, what? He's completely like, I don't know. Turned off. Yeah, because clearly it's not his mom, so it's not turning him on. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Then the parents of the baby come home, and then they leave. Then it cuts to Terry's girlfriend, who we haven't really seen since Thanksgiving dinner, come to the patio of where Terry lives. And she's like, Terry, are you home? Where are you? I haven't seen you so much. We need to talk. Blah, blah, blah. She just (laughs) keeps talking and talking and talking. And then Todd steps out of the shadows. And Terry, or, sorry, what is her name? Lauren? Laura? Karen. No. Karen. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, Karen. Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of wine. Karen starts talking (laughs) to him like he's Terry. And she just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm not Terry, I'm Todd. Uh, and I've never kissed a girl before. I'm like, okay, that's a weird thing to lead off with when you've just met somebody. That is interesting. <laughs> that also makes me think that he was with Jackie, that boy, because he goes, I've never kissed a girl before. Not Yo, like I've never right. had a kiss before. So, you know, Ooh, there's more of that. That is so true, honey. I'm always looking for that gay angle. Don't even try. <laughs> It's the, it's the tea, honey. That is true. I didn't catch that. You are very right. <laughs> Cut to Artie and Greg driving in and Karen jumping in the car going, oh my God, Todd is here. Terry's crazy brother. I just talked to him and he wanted to kiss me. I'm like, no, bitch. He didn't say he wanted to kiss you. He just said he never kissed a girl. You're jumping to conclusions. Okay. And she also told him that she wanted him to make love to her. Exactly. So she came off the hint on me. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut back to the mom is drinking wine while vacuuming in the bedroom. <laughs> yes, my spirit animal. Come on, Mandy. She is. Oh my God, Mandy in this movie is the craziest, and she's like having a nervous breakdown because Todd's escaped. She doesn't know where Brad is. She's drinking far too much. And then she's like, I got to clean the house, <laughs> eat everything out of the refrigerator. <laughs> and so Ta- Terry comes in and goes, you know, everything will be fine. You know, I'm going to go out and look for Todd. And she's all hysterical and crazy. And then all of a sudden she snaps into focus and she's like, oh, don't forget to put a sweater on. It's cold out. <laughs> and wear the blue one. Put the blue one on. I'm Brad. He's probably out looking. I'll stay here in case Todd comes home. But Terry, be very careful. 
He's probably very frightened. And Terry, please put on a sweater. It's cold outside. The blue one. I know. <laughs> it was so dumb. I was like... I think she ad-libbed that, and it didn't really need to be in there. Then we cut out to the woods again, and Todd, the not-crazy one who was in the insane asylum, finds the therapist's body in two pieces, and then he kind of puts it back together, oddly, and he's like, why were you out here? Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you tell them I'm not crazy? All to a dead body. I'm like, mm, maybe you are a little crazy. Just, just touch. Oh, just, just, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he finds a gun in her possessions. Not her purse, just sitting by the body. Which will come into play later. Not really. Then all of a sudden, randomly he's walking through the woods away from the body. And this little girl comes up looking for her lost cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this great. cat, this little girl great and this cat will come back later. But he's like, you know, there are bad people out in the woods. You better go home. And she's like, okay, fuck my cat. I'm going to go home. <laughs> You're right, mister. Fuck that cat. <laughs> okay, cut to something is happening. Oh, Andrea and Karen and Greg and Artie, I got them all, are now in Andrea's apartment. And the boys are playing video games. The girls are taking shots. And the one girl, Andrea, is like, hmm. I really wish somebody would play with me or whatever she says because she's a whore. Something like that. And Greg's she's a like, exactly. Yeah, and Greg's like, oh, I'll do it. So Andrea's finally going to get some. Greg is going to get some sort of disease. And then the other two start playing video <laughs> games. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Bill, is the boyfriend of the girl with the baby. Who was very oh, uptight? You're right. Yes, I, I was forgot wrong. they had names. Yeah, that was Bill, and uh, the baby's mom uh, is a gold digging whore. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What was her name? I don't even remember. I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name, but uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna go put on something more comfortable, which means a negligee, and so she goes to do that. And then all of a sudden, there's a knock at her door. And she's like, will you answer that, Bill? And he looks through the people, and he's like, it's that boy that was just here. And she's like, well, answer and ask him what he wants. So he answers it. <laughs> Cut to, she comes back out, and he's like, she's like, where did he go? And she looks out the people, and she goes, why are you standing out there to Bill? She opens the door, <laughs> and his head is just hanging by an electrical extension cord. <laughs> And she screams, and then I think Terry kills her, too, at that point. No big loss, he those died. two. But that head hanging by the extension cord was hilarious. Just because he put it right at eye level, like he knew she was going to look out the peephole. Right. I don't know. I thought that was funny. So premeditated. I love it. So another favorite part of this was every time they would cut to Todd, the poor brother that got put in the Institute when he wasn't really crazy... They would play this like really melodramatic music and it was always uh -huh. this just this thing of like you could see Todd going through all these emotions like look at what I missed out on. Why wasn't I, you know, here and he's like looking lonely through windows and shit and, it, and, and looking at all of uh, Terry's like awards and stuff as he was growing up. And this leads us to the next scene where the mother has passed out in the hall 
and Todd carries her to the couch. Is it the couch or her bed? One or the other. Her bed. He puts a pillow under her head. I remember that part for some reason. Yes. <laughs> and I have this note that says, oh my God, the mother. I thought she was going to suck, but she is one of the most amazing characters in this movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> so then it cuts to, um, you're, if you're at the POV of Terry. So you're seeing what Terry sees and he's looking in through the window at Karen and Artie playing video games. And then the next window, you see Andrea and Greg making out on the bed. And all I thought was, mm, Andrea's being naughty. You are going to die. It's always what's going to happen. I mean, you do bad things in movies. She's next on the list. Right. But they do a complete fake out. And it is a great shot because Artie and Karen are like, stop playing that video game. They're like, why is it so quiet in here? And so they go to investigate, and they're knocking on the door. They're like, are you okay? Can we come in? They go in, and Karen's body is half hanging off the bed. No sign of Greg. They turn the light on, and all of a sudden, Karen pops up with, like, demon face. And Greg jumps out of the closet with a knife and, like, blood dripping off his face. They totally just faked him out and put scary makeup on to scare them. I was like, you guys could have been in here fucking... Yeah, but I was like, you guys, Andrea was like super hot and horny and you guys were like making out. And then all of a sudden it was like, what? Hmm, let's put some monster makeup on and scare our friends. What? No. Let's fuck with that. That's why I think, again, Greg and Artie were also gay because if Greg wasn't right. gay, he'd be fucking Andrea right then. Period. Totally. Period. They're all just a bunch of queers. All of them. I know. I knew it. <laughs> so... We cut back to the mom, and she's, again, with a glass of wine. And I'm like, I hope this movie had a wine sponsor. Because if they didn't, they spent a lot of damn money on it. Mm-hmm. She was chugging that down, honey, keeping herself soft throughout the whole thing. Yeah, she was throwing it back. Ugh, then we get the gross Andrea in the shower washing off all the makeup and blood. I'm like, I don't need to see your Ew. naked ass. It was It was too much, and she was completely naked. <laughs> Then... Uh, her pepperoni nipples. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay. Then we cut back to the mom again. And she is now on the phone trying to dial Brad, her fiancé. And he won't answer, won't answer, won't answer. So she calls the operator. She's like, operator, <laughs> I need your help. This is an emergency. This is the most emergency thing ever. This is an emergency. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm like, bitch, call the police if it's an emergency. In working order. That number is in working order? Oh, no, 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 that's impossible. It's impossible. You must have dialed the wrong number. No, he's definitely there. Could you please just recheck that number for me? Because this is a real emergency. Why not? Look. Look, look. Look. You don't seem to understand. This is a real emergency. This is a real emergency. I mean, he is definitely there. He is waiting for my call right now. He is sitting there and waiting for my call. This is very important. Operator, I am begging you. This is a real, real emergency. What's the matter with you? 
this was one of my favorite parts of the movies when she's just telling the operator her life story. She is having a breakdown to this operator. It is the funniest thing. And then all of a sudden, the operator's like, "Uh, who can I connect you to? And the woman's like, what? What are you talking about? Who can you connect (laughs) me to? She just poured out her entire life. (laughs) She's like, oh, you're an operator. (laughs) Oh, great. That's a great idea. That's great. Oh, operator, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll wait. I'll wait. Hello? Uh, Well, the problem is that um, my son just escaped from his school. Well, actually, he ran away. Actually, it's a mental institution. He ran away from his mental institution. Now, um, well, uh, well, now, I was there earlier today to bring him his pie. I I always bring him an individual piece of pie with a a little white plastic fork and a napkin, and I put it in a little box with string. Do I want? The mom is nuts. And then we cut to we cut to Greg and Andrea playing tennis in the middle of the night. Who plays tennis in the middle of the night? Apparently these horn dogs do. That's what I thought too. I'm like, why is there even a tennis court there? (laughs) Well, it's a full service complex because they have tennis courts, swimming pools, everything. A walking nature hike thing in the forest. A nature trail. That's what it is. And so they're playing tennis and they do another fake out where she goes to chase the ball out into the woods and uh, Greg is laying down in his short shorts and feathered hair on the thing and my only thought was, we need some naked Greg, because he was hot. That guy was hot, hot. Yeah, I and, thought the same thing then and there. <laughs> right? And then next scene, oh, yes, finally some man ass. Yes. Hello, Greg and Andrea having sex on a diving board. Okay, do you know how hard that would be to have sex on a it's diving board? Right? It's hard. like <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God. And so bouncy. <laughs> So, sadly, we don't get man-ass for very long, because this is where Greg and Terry, no, Greg and Andrea die. All of a sudden, Greg sits up all naked, and Terry slashes his throat. And then he, and then Karen tries to, or Andrea tries to run away. Too many people in this movie. Andrea tries to run away, and he slashes her. And that's all we get to see of naked man-ass, sadly, sadly. I was trying to pause the movie at a certain frame to see if we could get at least an outline. Oh, well, it was very, very quick. It was very quick. I'll let you know when I get the Blu-ray if it's any clearer. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a great death scene. I've never seen two naked people killed on a diving board before. So that was, you know, yeah, a first for true, me. True, true. 
then I got another note. The mom character is going for an Oscar. <laughs> it's just every time it cuts back to her, she is having meltdowns and drunken, like, passing out fits and uh, everything with this mom. I, I, this woman was trying. She was like, this is gold. This is going to be the best performance yeah. of my life. So all that's left now. I thought the same thing. I was like, she's given it all. She was given more than enough, please. So all that's left now are Artie and Karen. And Todd, of course, the brother. Um, so then <laughs> Todd, no, not Todd. Terry, the bad guy, the killer, <laughs> and Artie are now on the night nature trail looking for Todd. Because Todd showed up at the door and tried to shoot Terry, but he couldn't get himself to pull the trigger and ran away. So uh-huh. Terry and Artie are on this nature trail looking for him, and they find this little cache of weapons. And there's a barbecue fork, a machete, I think a hammer. And he hands uh-huh. the fork to Terry, and uh, they're looking at the machete, and Terry, of course, says... Simmons, get over here. What is it? Take a look at this stuff. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> Be careful with that. <laughs> that isn't cranberry sauce, already. That is not cranberry sauce. And then he forks him in the neck. <laughs> Just all I put yes. was poor Artie gets forked, literally. Oh, he did get forked, and they dropped that um, that catchphrase again. Yeah. Which again, throughout this whole movie, I thought it was really interesting how it was a basically a Thanksgiving slasher. Yes. Because we get Christmas slashers, we get other holiday slashers. Finally, a Thanksgiving. Slasher. Right, and that's why I wish I had known this was a Thanksgiving slasher. I would have saved it, but again, totally. it's too good. I can't. I watched it. We have to do it. Um. So Karen is gonna go call the police. Finally, someone thinks to call the fucking police. It's only been a fucking hour of people being killed. Uh, she <laughs> finds... So Karen finds... Uh, what's his face? Terry. And he, she sees the machete in his hand. And he's, she's like, what's that? And he goes, well, it's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> and then he's like, I love you. And he like takes a swipe at her with the machete. And I was like... Let me show how much I love you with this machete. And then all of a sudden, this really cool music starts to play as he starts chasing her all over this complex. But the music, the soundtrack is actually pretty good for this movie and the time. It really is, honestly. It's one of the things that really kind of caught me from this movie was the soundtrack, because I'm a sucker for that synthesizer. Mm -hmm. Nice early 80s synth, for sure. So Karen's trying to get in other people's, uh, what is it, patio. And she sees Terry coming. She's like, oh, no. So she goes to hide in this closet that little does she know is full of bodies. So he comes up and he's like, I know she's in this closet, but I'm not going to open it. I'm going to get her a surprise. So he goes and finds Artie's body, brings it over to the patio, sets it in the chair, she realizes there's a body behind her and walks out of 
that little closet backwards while Terry is playing with Artie's hands so he makes it go up her ass. He makes the dead guy goose the girl because he knew she was going to walk out backwards? I don't know how that worked. Premeditated. I don't even understand how that was premeditated. But it was very funny and it was, I mean, it was a good uh, gag to make the dead guy finger her ass. I don't know. Yes, yes, I agree completely. (laughs) So then we come to the next really good part of this movie where she's now running around trying to find anybody that'll help her. She's banging on doors. She finally bangs on this door and this little girl's like, what? And she's like, help me, help me. This guy's trying to kill me. She's like, I can't let you in. You're a stranger. And she's like, come on, this guy, he's going to kill me. She's like, you're going to hurt my kitty. (laughs) Wait a It's like, I don't care if you get killed. Don't touch my cat, bitch. <laughs> fuck you. Go to yeah, someone else's off. house. Get off my property. <laughs> <laughs> so then Karen, again, running around, finds another open door. And she finds the door open to the house that has the little baby. And the baby is crying. So she goes in and is like, what's happening with this baby? And she sees a phone there. And she's crouched down by the dresser. And she's trying to dial the phone, but she doesn't dial 911. No, she dials the operator. <sighs> okay. I don't know. Was 911 a big thing in the 80s? I think so. I think it was a big thing. People knew about it, right? 911? Call for the police? Yeah. No. I would think so, yeah. No, I'm mean, just going to hit zero and wait. Operator. Yeah, I'm going to hit zero, wait for someone to answer, and then say, oh, can you get the police for me? Thanks. Doesn't happen. So (laughs) Terry is in the next room and he pulls the machete out of the dead woman. And he comes in (laughs) next to her and it's dripping. And she's crouching down in front of him. And I was like, oh shit, she's about to get it. But no, she slams him in the nuts with the phone. Thank God. Finally, somebody did something right. Okay, well you know Karen towards... You know, there's a point in the movie somewhere where she assumes this um, final girl um, stereotype. And when that happened, I was kind of, you know, happy that she was the final girl because Andrea was a whore. Complete whore. And, you know, Maddie is, you know, too old to be the final girl. (laughs) So it kind of made all sense. She is the final girl, final old ass girl. Um, But yes, phone to the nuts. And then I was like, phone to the nuts, that's how you get away in a horror movie. Nobody else does that. So then we cut back to another scene of the mother. And she's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to clean out the fridge. So she just starts throwing stuff away. All of a sudden, she looks in there and she sees a bloody shirt. She's like, in Why my... Why was the shirt in there? Because I guess that's where Terry took it off before he went and showered. I'm like, yes, yeah, throw it in the kitchen one because nobody will trace that back to you. So, but, 
and this is where I was like, oh, she finally gets it that, uh, you know, Terry is the killer and not Todd. You know, this is where I thought she figured it out. And finally, so this has pushed her over the edge and she stops trying to call Brad. And she actually goes over to his apartment, which is probably like three doors down, but she just hasn't gone. And she's banging, she's banging on the patio window and he's not facing her because he's facing the other way. She's like, why won't you answer me? And she's banging on it, and then all of a sudden she just opens the door. I'm like, God damn it, why didn't you just open the doors to begin with? Instead of banging on the window. And then she's talking to him and he's not turning around, not turning around. Then we get the really cool scene of all of a sudden Brad's body just falls forward and his head has been split open and it just pops open and you see brain and shit. I was like, that was a really good effect. Yeah, and unexpected too, aside from the severed hand. I thought he was still alive for a second, the way he was posed. Are you I was right? like, is he napping? <laughs> yes, he's napping from all the blood loss, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he had his head split. He was split. Mm. Uh, then oh, it cuts to cool scene. And this scene I love for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, Karen is there with the baby, cause, so she rescued the baby from that house. Um, right. And she's just sitting next to the pool, not facing the glass windows around her, just facing away just from... Just chilling. Yeah, just sitting there. I'm like not trying to find another uh, phone or anything. I'm like, God damn it, girl. And then you see Terry just walking around with a machete, just super confident. I love how he walks with that machete. It's just so like nonchalant. I'm like, do-do-do, I'm just a white guy walking around a pool. And then he walks out onto the uh-huh. diving board and he's bouncing and she finally sees him. She's like, oh my God. And he's like, hey, bitch, what's going on? Like completely <laughs> like not, not bothered in the least. So she uh-huh. runs away, hides the baby and then goes hides in the men's toilet, which is also right by the steam room or the steam room is in the men's men's room. It's very weird. I don't know, understand how that was set up, but I really do love the touch where she opens the steam room and it's the two dead bodies of uh, Greg and Andrea just posed so you can't see Greg's dick. Like, her head is just right in the way. But everything else is perfect shot. And she just closes the door and tries not to scream and then she hides in one of the toilets. Then, what's his face? Terry comes in with his machete and he (laughs) has this great scene and he looks in there or he goes, are you in there? And he opens it and he's like you haven't seen her have you oh sorry you guys you guys will do it anywhere talking to the two dead corpses and then he proceeds to walk and pee at the urinal with a machete in his hand while the girl's in the stall next to him next to him listening to him pee now i don't know about you but this is the first time i've ever heard a killer peeing on the in a movie it was just such a it's just such a random shot but it was really funny and it also uh, gives you that whole sense of he's not really sweating this. He's just like, oh, I got to take a piss. And he pees. Uh-huh. It was very weird. I was still hoping that we'd get his perspective on that whole thing. Right? POV shot of that. Okay, so now we get to the final scene. We've got Karen, Todd, Terry in the pool area. And Todd has a gun, and he's aiming it at Terry, but he can't do it. So Karen just takes the gun from him, like, God damn it, you wimp. And she tries to shoot him, but the gun just, gun just clicks. Doesn't work. So then the mother comes in, 
or no, something happens where they fight and the machete gets tossed and Todd and Terry are in the pool fighting and Terry gets out on the opposite side and Todd gets out on the closest side and Todd's with Karen and the mom walks in. She aims a gun at Terry and shoots him and then shoots him three, four more times just to make sure. And then he dies. And so she goes over to Todd and she's stroking his hair and Todd is completely in fetal position going crazy. And she's like, oh, don't worry, baby. It's me and you again. It's just me and you. Mommy, come to mommy. Mommy's here, come to mommy. You're safe. It's okay, you're safe. Oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. I hurt you so much. I'm never gonna hurt you again. No one's ever gonna hurt you again. It's us again. It's us again. It's just us again. No just us Terry and she looks at him and he looks at her and he's like I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm Todd and he keeps screaming it, and then she's screaming it, and he runs over and has his face buried in a wall. And then he just keeps screaming it, and then they stop. And the mom just lifts the gun and kills herself. Oh, my God. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so now it's I know, right? Todd, Karen, and the baby. That's all that's left. And I was like, the, if he wasn't... Yeah, if he wasn't completely fucked up before, he is now. He is surely fucked up because when that happened, it was, you know, this movie escalated so quickly at certain points, including this part, the ending, mm -hmm. where it just kind of leads you kind of having to backtrack and really put everything together. Um, so, yeah, this part was weird. <laughs> right. And the mom, the mom completely was fucking Terry and Terry was jealous that's when when he when she was like, oh, we're going to be engaged, he snapped. And he couldn't see his mom with any other man. And that's why he, you know, he was just crazy. He was done. And that's why she was like, it's just us again. Don't worry. It's just me and you. I'll never leave you again, Terry. And he's like, I'm Todd, damn you. Um, yeah, and then she just kills herself because she can't handle the fact that she just killed Terry the one that she clearly was in love with or loved the most or whatever. 
and she couldn't come to terms with the fact that Terry was actually the killer, and she put her other son in this asylum falsely. And she it's all her fault, because she took them to the movie theater and was a whore in the front seat and caused all this drama. Wow. So, you know, all the well that ends well. <laughs> exactly. But this, I mean, hey, Maddie was a crazy-ass bitch, and, you know, that was probably the best she could have gotten off after everything that happened. Truth. True Ruth. Uh, but again, this movie was a hoot. I laughed out loud so many times. I oh, loved okay. some of the kills, the fashions, the music, everything. I liked this movie so much, I immediately bought it. Like, so good. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, same. I mean, it's literally one of those movies where if you don't do some digging, it never really comes up any time at all. You know, I've never heard it mentioned. Right. The first time I heard it was when you recommended it to be the movie that we, you know, watched for this. And I was super down because just the whole aesthetic of it was literally one of those movies that you would go to the drive-in movie theater to watch. So it kind of was self-aware in a sense. Totally. So it never really... So seriously, it was completely one of those movies made just for the the fun of it all, which is why it was great. Yeah, no, it was so good. I'm so glad we got to see it. And I'm so glad we got to hang out and do this. Yay, me yes. too. I'm so happy. <laughs> so is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything... Well, of course, I want to plug you, my love. Uh, <laughs> evil. Everybody um, loves evil. evil. Yes, of course. <laughs> you, my fabulous queen. Um, but no, thank you for having me on the, um, the podcast. I'm super excited to get to do it. And hopefully we get to do it again, unless you totally hate me. <laughs> You're like, um, no, bye. <laughs> bye, bitch. Never. I think it'll be fine. We'll figure out another time. Maybe we'll actually do a Thanksgiving uh, podcast. Ooh, I love that. That's a great idea. If I can I find another Thanksgiving-themed horror movie. Yes. Yes, that's a great idea. Um, but outside of, you know, outside of that, um, no, like you said, it's, it's great for me to have experienced the movie and honestly to have experienced it watching it for the first time with you i think that's something that's super uh, memorable so i'm just really happy to have been on the podcast so thanks for having me of course anytime well goodbye and uh hope to see you again when all this quarantine bullshit is over down out somewhere in the la area <laughs> yes and then I, I had a question for you, love. Did we come up with a rating system yet? Oh, shit. Thank you for... Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, My poor course. listeners. I always forget this. Um, yes, so <laughs> we have a rating system. It's, you know, one out of ten. But you get to fill in whatever it is you want to rate. So, uh, oh, what could this one be? Um, oh, what's a good, good thing out of this movie? Okay, so I give this movie... Nine out of ten diving boards. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. So you can just choose I whatever you want out of this movie. Okay. I give this movie nine out of ten Maddie Smoker voices. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yes. I, I, I always forget the goddamn rating system. Oh, Gina. Um, oh, no worries. okay (laughs) well thank you again 
and I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Evo. Well, that was 1987's Blood Rage. Whew, what a roller coaster. Thanks again to my special guest, Mr. Brian, out there in the LA-ish area. Now, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow me on all my socials, including Evil Queen SF and Reflections of Darkness, both on Instagram, as well as the new Twitter for Reflections of Darkness, at R-O-D underscore podcast. I have a question out there for all my listeners who actually listen to the end. (laughs) Should I set up a Reflections of Darkness Facebook? Just something to throw out there. Let me know. And as always, keep watching scary movies.